Welcome into a Victory Monday edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. The Saints coming up big Sunday against the Green Bay Packers with that 38-3 win. I'm Aaron Summers, joined by John DeShazer, who was there on the ground in Jacksonville covering the game. Had a lot of good stuff that he brought back. NewOrleansSaints.com to find all of his information, his stories, and his coverage as he's still following the team this week in Fort Worth. We're also joined by Fox 8 Saints analyst and sports reporter Sean Fazand. He was also at the game in Jacksonville. Sean, thanks so much for joining us and welcome into the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So first reactions off of the win, guys, from Sunday. Um, I guess I'll go first. I'm really I'm, I'm stunned, probably more stunned than Green Bay, maybe. Um, but I'm stunned. Um, I thought the Saints, you know, of course, you don't ever doubt that the team's going to play hard. Uh, you just don't know how well they're going to play. Um, but I, you know, who saw 38 to three? Nobody. Uh, who saw them winning a game against a really good team? Um, I think very, very few people would have picked the Saints to win going in, considering what Green Bay was returning and what the Saints didn't have. And for them to basically come up and, you know, it wasn't a perfect game, but man, if, if you draw it up, it probably looks something close to that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stunned. I've, the day after, you know, I'm still stunned at the way they manhandled the Packers. I, I don't know how Sean feels, but I'm just stunned. Manhandled is probably a great word to describe that beating, and it was something no one saw coming. Um, and if you say you saw it coming, I'm calling you a liar. No one saw that domination <laughs> coming. Um, you know, complete and utter beatdown of a Super Bowl contender, a league MVP, and you know, you know how hard it is to keep that offense and that quarterback out of the end zone. And I don't know, I have to go back and check. I think they only got to the red zone with Rodgers once, if I'm not mistaken. So that was a complete and utter dominance, uh, utter domination of a, a contender. And, you know, you just don't know how those games are going to go when you go from pre JD, you know, we've been covering this team for a long time. What we see in preseason is, isn't always what we get in a regular season, especially early on. And yet uh, it was probably better than what we saw in the preseason. And to me, it all started in the trenches. I mean, the line of scrimmage, that's where the game was won. From very early on, the Saints looked comfortable, confident, and completely in control. I'm sure they had adjustments built in, but I don't think they ever had to get to the adjustments because what they planned exactly, you know, happened exactly where they wanted to. Yeah, and and if I can piggyback on that, one thing I noticed was, you know, they were determined to keep him out of the end zone. You meant you were right. Um, Aaron Rodgers only got him in the red zone one time. Jordan Love was the second time. But when um, they got the sack and the fumble recovery against Jordan Love, the bench erupted. Those guys ran on the field defensively celebrating because they were like, you know what, we don't want to give them a cheat one. We want to finish this out the right way. And one of those things where psychologically, after you do that much good work, I think you want to finish it out. But they also kind of wanted to, to – I don't want to say break Green Bay, but wanted to show them, look, we're not going to give you anything at any point in time in this game. There won't be anything cheap. And so to finish it out that way, the way those guys ran on the field celebrating with their teammates, it was like a bunch of kids. I'm sure there was a lot of excitement there on the sideline, different atmosphere being in Jacksonville. But from what I saw, it definitely looked like a Saints game as far as all of the branding around the stadium. Weird to see it there and not in the Superdome. But what was the atmosphere like in, in the game, Sean? Well, first off, when I drove up, J.D., I'm sure you saw this too, I saw a sea of green and yellow, to be honest Ooh, with yes. you. Yes. Um, I saw a sea of Packers fans. Um, 
Now, when you go up to a game early, you don't know how that's going to measure out the stands. But when I looked where I was sitting in the press box and JD, you were a few seats down from me, um, it still looked like Green Bay fans outnumbered Saints fans, but very quickly, given the way the game was going, you heard the Saints fans. And by the end of the game, the, the Saints fans that were there completely drowned out the Packers fans that were there, and rightfully so. They earned every bit of that trip. They earned every bit of that victory. And um, so the atmosphere was interesting. Um, I, I, you know, Sean Payton said afterwards, the hotter, the better. Who knows how much of a role it played on their line of scrimmage, but it sure looked like they were fatigued pretty early up front. And um, Saints took advantage and ran away with a victory. Yeah, I, I say Green Bay fans outnumbered them. Um, you know, Green Bay did a, you know, and they do a great job of traveling. Green Bay has one of the best histories in the NFL. Um, when, when you're talking about Green Bay, probably Dallas, Pittsburgh, those franchises and the historical winning that they've had, uh, they've got deep fan bases and they are countrywide. So, you know, you expected a good showing. I think the same fans represented pretty well, especially as Sean mentioned, when it came to the actual throatiness of it. I mean, Saints fans are loud <laughs> and they're going to be loud where they go. And so they were extremely loud uh, considering the number yesterday because of what was happening with the game. So that was great to hear. It'll be great to get back in the season Superdome when we do get there, but Saints fans are going to travel. You'll hear them in Charlotte, um, you know, this coming weekend or wherever it is, uh, you'll hear them because they are a loud bunch uh, and they're going to follow their team. But yeah, the branding looked great. Um, I thought Jacksonville, look, you can't say enough good things about Jacksonville for the way they handle things and the way they welcome the Saints and the Saints fans and the way they dressed up the stadium. Uh, it really was impressive. And the Saints game ops team was there, you know, so we were able to kind of have it the way it would be as much as you could have it in the Superdome without actually being in the Superdome. J.D., you mentioned that you were shocked after this win. I'm sure Packers fans left shocked as well. It looked like Aaron Rodgers was rattled a lot of that game, much to the, I mean, what was going on in the the trenches there and the defensive line play by the Saints. What did you see that was just so effective defensively that the Saints were doing, Sean? Uh, well, I saw, uh, frankly, the upfront, the line of scrimmage, the pressure, uh, they were, it was in Rodgers' face pretty much all game long and it got, it really got into his head at some point. It almost looked like he had no answers. And then they smothered the wide receivers on the edge and on the perimeter. And, you know, that offense, you know, they have Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, with, with LaFleur's uh, lineage coming from the Shanahan and the McVay coaching tree, they got to run the football. And the Saints completely took that away very, very early. And then, well, obviously, once the game got out of reach pretty early, they had to abandon the run anyway. So uh, at all sort of three levels, guarding receivers, taking away the run and rushing the passer, it was almost as flawless as you can get uh, from a Saints defense. And the one time it felt like the Packers had momentum, first drive of the second half, they're driving, um, the pass rush gets to Aaron Rodgers, he's late on the throw, and boom, the rookie, Paulson Adigo, who played outstanding yesterday, came up with really the interception. And honestly, at that point, the game was over. Green Bay never threatened again. It was five minutes into the second half at that point. Yeah, Definitely Saints, looked flat after that, yes, for sure. Saints had a 14-play, I think, 80-yard touchdown drive that lasted 10 minutes. You don't do that in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. Uh, so, basically, that speaks to how they essentially just shoved Green Bay around. And I, I think it just wore on them, especially defensively, because when you're on the field that much, not only are you on the field a long time, but 
You're not getting stops. They're scoring on you. And then the offense doesn't help you. And at some point, you kind of, I don't want to say break, but man, you kind of, you kind of let go a little bit because, you know, we can't get a stop. We can't get a score. There's nothing going right here. And I thought the Saints just leaned on them and leaned on them and leaned on them till the Packers just didn't want any more of it. Uh, Paulson Adebo, as Sean mentioned, I mean, he, we saw it in training camp. You wondered if it would carry over to the regular season. Uh, he looks, it's one game, and man, you don't want to give him too many roses yet. But good grief, he looked really good yesterday. Uh, even fought off a penalty to come up with this pick. And, and the Saints did a good job of boxing Aaron Rodgers in, hitting him, <laughs> getting him uncomfortable, which you have to do with a quarterback like that. Any quarterback, I don't care who it is, you hit him enough, he gets uncomfortable and he, and he feels like he needs to, to rush things. And then they got Green Bay into to a mode where I think they made him panic where they felt like they had to do something big because they didn't know when they were going to get the ball back. And they felt like they had to score fast because they, they were trying to play catch up. And now all of a sudden you're in a hole and you don't want to get too predictable, but you got to score fast. So I thought the saints did just a great job of, of really offsetting it and just upsetting their timing. And watching the game. I mean, it just looks like everything was working for New Orleans. And it started with the quarterback, Jameis Winston. I cannot believe it's taken us this long to mention the new starting quarterback <laughs> for the New Orleans Saints here. Uh, he looks pretty good. I would say that no interceptions, five touchdowns is not a bad day to kind of open up the new reign of uh, the New Orleans Saints here. Sean, what, what were your thoughts on watching Winston and just his maturity on the field? Yeah, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, what really jumped out to me was, and it really, it took a regular season game for me to realize this. He is comfortable with where he is in his career in terms of the style he needs to play to be successful. His days of trying to be Superman are over. And I think he realizes that he's perfectly fine with getting a game plan from Sean Payton, executing that game plan. He threw five touchdowns, but almost as impressive, he only had to throw 20, 20 passes. I mean, that goes, and they scored 38 points. That goes to show you just how much effectively they were able to run the football he doesn't care how it looks it's got to be 14 20 yeah, at one point he had four touchdown passes but it was under 100 yards it was one of the weirdest stats we had seen um it just feels like he's got a strong sense of self-awareness of where he's at in his career right now he's going to trust and execute what the game plan is he's going to go out and do it not try to do too much because that's where james got in trouble when he tried to do too much and i think he has that in the back of his mind and when you come to that point in your career as a player where the realization sets in of how you need to play to be successful, it really allows you to play more free. And, I, and you're just seeing that in his body language right now. And it, for me, I was skeptical until I saw it in the regular season. And that really jumped out, A, in his play and B, in his comments after the game. It's been interesting listening to him. He references Drew Brees a lot and the stuff that he's learned under him. And you can really see how that's made Winston grow as a player. And we saw that in the decision-making yesterday. It was fun to watch. I mean, John, are you excited? Do you believe this is what we're going to see for the rest of the season here out of him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you, as Sean said, you can't really believe it until you see it. And, and to get a chance to see it in actual practice in a game is, is a whole different thing. Um, he mentioned one of the, one of the throws he was most proud of was, an overthrow, a throwaway, basically, um, because that shows better decision-making. You don't feel like you need to force a pass in. You don't feel like you have to be Superman. He's probably playing with maybe the best defense he's played with in the NFL. 
And so now he says, you know what? Um, worst case scenario, you kick a field goal, you know, maybe you got to throw it away, maybe you punt, you let the defense get it back for you, but you don't have to win the game. And it took, you know, five years and a lot of losses in Tampa and a lot of critiquing. And, and look, he, you know, he's going to have some bad games as a saint. Everybody does. But as long as he's mature in his decision making, there are things you can live with as a team because he can't be a two turnovers a game kind of guy. He's going to have some games where he does have two or three. Can't be that consistently like he was in Tampa, especially that last year. And as long as he learns to dump it off and to use the help that he has, he'll be okay because this defense looks like it's for real. I mean, he won't have to carry the load. He can, he can just say, you know what? I'll let the defense hold him to 13 or 14. And if we can get, you know, a couple of touchdowns and a field goal, that might be enough today, but he didn't have to carry it himself himself. Definitely didn't have to carry it himself as there were four different players who scored those touchdowns. He's got a lot of people to help him offensively. Kamara has been a threat on the ground and had one of those passing touchdowns as well. So it's a lot of different assets for the Saints to work with on this team. Offensively, I mean, have the Saints kind of put the rest of the league on notice here that like these guys are going to be legit under Winston? Well, they, they didn't really even have the signature Saints offensive game in terms of the yards. I think they only had 322 yards. But what they did do was take advantage in the red zone. They were perfect in the red zone, 4-4. And the Saints have had some difficulties with that early in the season, these last couple of seasons, where they weren't a good red zone team. They kind of warmed to it. But if you get the defense playing like that and you cash in in the red zone, that's the main thing, getting touchdowns instead of field goals. And they did that. And I, I think – you know, in terms of yards and plays, we'll see more uh, from that standpoint. And they, of course, they won't be perfect in the red zone all the time, but I think we'll, we'll see a lot more out of this offense as we go along. And I think, I think there's a new DNA to this offense. I think they're winning through the line of scrimmage. I think they're winning through the offensive line and that show, I mean, when earlier in his career, when Sean Payton would get in trouble, sometimes he would overthink that, that, that situation, yeah. those types of situations. If I'm running the ball, great. Keep running it. You know, let's keep it simple here and let's keep running it because that's what's working. Uh, I think the organization right now is perfectly fine with 140 passing yards and 39 rushes and 171 rushing yards uh, and dominating time possession, dominating plays run, taking care of the football and winning that way. Because guess what? Those generally speaking, those stats, taking care of the football, dominant line of scrimmage and, and outrushing your opponent. It usually wins a lot of games in the NFL kind of come full circle with, you know, the Saints offense. But I think this is the DNA. I think this is the style uh, that they're going to win with going forward. You mentioned a couple names with Paulson Adebo on the defensive side. We've talked about Jameis Winston. Anybody else that really caught your eye in this ball game yesterday, Sean? I thought the linebackers were very fast getting to the ball. Uh, I thought uh, the safeties played incredible. Um, that, that interception by Marcus Williams – he covers some serious ground. And when he makes an interception like that, because earlier in his career, you know, he had a few issues um, at times. But when he makes a pick like that, I mean, it just that's what they drafted him for, that play right there. It's, it's the play, mm -hmm. a, a guy that can get from one hash to the opposite side, run down an overthrow, and make the pick and make a hell of a return uh, to get inside the red zone once again. So I thought Marcus Williams played great. I thought the entire D-line played great. Camp Jordan as well. Uh, we mentioned Marcus Davenport. Uh, Adebo, Lattimore was in, then he was out, then he was back in again. 
Uh, we'll see where that goes going forward. But, I mean, and can I throw this out there as well? Dennis Allen, the most underrated defensive coordinator in the NFL. He's the most underrated defensive. You never hear his name when they talk about the best defensive coordinators in the NFL. I think he's top two or three in the NFL right now. John, any, anybody else you want to add to the list? Yeah, I'm going to add two offensive guys. Um, Cesar Ruiz, who who shifted from right guard to center when Eric McCoy went out, and then uh, Calvin Throckmorton came in at right guard. But I just think people don't understand how difficult it is to move from one position to another in the middle of a game. And he gets some reps at center, of course, but not nearly as much as McCoy, obviously. And so for him to be able to do that in that transition in the middle of the game and then not suffer for it, on the offensive line, I thought it was phenomenal for Ruiz. Now, he is a natural center, so that helps. But, man, it's still pretty impressive. And then Jawan Johnson, who looks like he's going to be a pretty good red zone target. You know, you get to him, he can make some acrobatic plays for you. He's big. Uh, he has been a receiver, so he's got the hands. And now you move him at tight end, and you can get him on a linebacker or maybe a safety. Basically, you can throw him a jump ball, which is what Jameis Winston did for one of those touchdowns yesterday. And he just bodied the guy out. I think he can be an asset in the red zone, especially uh, if you don't have Michael Thomas early. You get down deep, you can just throw it high and uh, and give him a 50-50 ball and feel pretty good about him coming down with it. Yeah, you mentioned one touchdown there of Juwan Johnson's. He ended up with two on the day, looked really good out there. Kind of looking forward here, we got the Panthers on deck. What are you guys thinking about that mashup? Just immediate reactions following the, the opening weekend of play here. Well, look, they're, they're high right now, and they earned it. Uh, they're 1-0, very well-earned, very well-deserved 1-0. Um, I think – I guess you call it a challenge. But now, I mean, you, the season opener is interesting because you really spend so much time on the season opener. And then once you get through it, you get to the next week, and then you kind of fall into the routine, uh, the weekly nature of, of football. I think they're – better than Carolina, although Carolina had a nice win uh, yesterday. I think they should win. Um, so I think the, the challenge now is, okay, 24-hour rule, come down, uh, get on to the next week, get the game plan, uh, and get focused against the team that's in your division and, and go out and execute. I think you know what you have to do to be successful now, just a matter of going out there and executing. I do think they have the leadership in place, though. It's another week in Dallas. Uh, I think they have the leadership in place, though, to keep everybody level-headed uh, and on to the next, next task. You mentioned another week in Dallas. It looks like this has been working for the Saints. John, you've been there hanging out with them in Fort Worth and spending a lot of time at TCU. You looking forward to another week there? Uh, well, hey, we're here. They won. So, you know, you don't break the uh, you don't break the formula. And so, you know, we'll ride it out for another week and see what happens. I think they can uh, replicate this back home. But that's just me. <laughs> hopefully uh hopefully another successful week of preparation uh, will get us ready to get back in in new orleans pretty soon but you know it's one of those you know if it ain't broke don't fix it so if it ain't broke don't fix it here we are still in fort worth well we appreciate <laughs> you being the one that's uh riding it out with them there enjoying the hotel room i'm sure guys anything else just any takeaways that we didn't cover that you guys you know, took away from the game yesterday that stood out or anything else that we should be looking out for this upcoming week? I'll just say, I'll echo the Saints sentiments. Incredible job by the organization with a ton, a mountain of logistics to have to overcome and move and, and hotel, the hotel, the practice to Jacksonville. 
Um, it's not an easy task, and I don't think it's, it's it goes unseen a lot. So uh, I think they got the game ball yesterday. So kudos to them. That's an excellent job uh, of getting everything ready uh, and getting every getting the Saints ready to go because they looked they didn't miss a beat uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I, I co-sign on that. I I can't agree more, and that's a perfect way to round it out because they they did an outstanding job. Yeah, definitely a fun win for the fans. A lot of people that have been through a lot over the past few weeks. I know that it was important for the Saints to bring this one home with a victory. And I think that everybody really appreciated the few hours that we had watching the team play as well as they did and, and getting that big victory. Appreciate you joining us, John. And, you know, good luck with the, the Saints coverage the rest of the week. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Thanks again to Fox 8 analyst for the Saints and sports reporter Sean Fazan for joining us on this podcast. It's always fun when we can talk about a big victory and an outstanding performance by the Saints. You can, of course, follow all of our podcasts on NewOrleansSaints.com or check it out on the Saints app. It's presented by SeatGeek. We love bringing you all the information Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Got a big week coming up as the Panthers are on deck. The Saints will be there this upcoming Sunday. So make sure you follow along and keep up with all of the guests we have to kind of preview that game this week. It's been a lot of fun talking about this big 38-3 win over the Green Bay Packers. I'm Aaron Summers, and we'll talk to you again soon.